Todd Ennis, From Trials to Triumphs. Turn your life around and be better for it. Hear from those who've done it tough and triumphed. Hear how you can do the same. Welcome to the podcast. The Mullet Lord. Welcome to the show of Love Your Mind Australia's podcast. Mate, thanks for coming in. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Whenever someone approaches me to go on their podcast or to be a guest speaker um, in the fellowship I'm in, I just see it as an opportunity for service because when I needed help, the teacher appeared. Uh, When I needed help, the information was there. So I like to just provide um, the the learnings that I've learnt um, over the nine years of sobriety. Yep, awesome. So it's a pleasure to be here and if this can help anyone out there that's a bonus oh it will for sure mate that's what we're all about and um and there's just this energy about about the lord straight away you know you can he's got a great story and um you know we, we all have a story but i think this will hit home a little bit toward um you know the mental health sector which is what i'm all about and i guess struggling and going through the life that you've had to go through to get to where you are now is a great a great journey and um it just goes to show that you know you can beat the mind and you can rise to success if you um, if you apply yourself yeah. and, 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 and give yourself that chance because uh, there's a lot of people out there that, that couldn't see a better day and they didn't give themselves a chance and they don't get a second chance. They're underground and, um, you know, we're here to, to show that you can survive and you can push through and, um, and live a good life. So with that being said, how about you tell us um, a little bit about the early days with you and, and some of the, the stuff that you got up to. Well, from the ashes rises the phoenix. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Straight off the bat, you've yeah. got a great one. So little cliches like that that I've heard along the way of like, you know, brought me out of dark times because they didn't. It was an illusion to think like I was going to have my rock bottom and um, life be fine and dandy after that but i actually did think that i thought oh wow life couldn't get any worse and than this i think it's all uphill from here but you know um it's like being in the gym like i've got to experience pain for growth yes yep so education around um pain and growth was um lacked from my early stages of development Mm -hmm. so my parents were just doing their best yep Yep, so we'll go right back to the Mom start. When she was 18. Well, yeah, that's young. <laughs> you know, Real young, yeah, yeah. Like my wife had um, kids at 24 and I see that as, as young. Yep, yeah. Okay. So she was only a kid. Yeah, and, herself. Um, yeah, um, dad was 22 mm-hmm. and um, he was a farmer and they were living out at Singleton, but in the they had me. I was only, I remember I've got, early memories of me um i was two um out at singleton yeah right so i was young but there was a drought Mm. and um dad was forced to move from the farm to the central coast yep so it was a blessing for me because i'm not a land mammal (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that at the time i I remember trying to run away um With my um, red cattle dog, yeah. at, at two years old, and maybe I was running to the beach. Who yeah, knows? yeah, you probably. Were. He was guiding you. Yeah, get me out yeah. of this farm. You know the red cattle dogs um, 
code for Kelly Slater. Is it? He was taking no, he was just <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking me to Kelly He was Slater. taking you to the beach, yeah. Oh, take me there. Well, um, the drought <laughs> um, was a blessing for me, but mm. for Dad it was like getting um, taking me out of the ocean and um, putting me inland. Yeah, He's right. I love yep. the ocean, you know. He's a farmer through and through. So I've got a lot of um, empathy um, for this man today, um, which I was resentful at yep. for years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I remember um, moving to Terrigal and um, getting going down to the beach for the first time and I was just splashing on the shore break. Dead set, felt like um, sunrise to sunset. Yeah. I was inseparable to the ocean. Yep. So I was um, blessed to have um, that passion. Mm-hmm. I'll get into, into that down the track, but grew up very confused. I almost felt like I had this crazy imagination about the world. Yeah. But um, no one to talk to me about, like, what we're doing here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty deep uh, early yeah. to, to, to think yeah, that way, hey? I, was, I really um, felt like an outsider. Like, I was I was really sensitive. Yeah. I felt like I was, you know, um, an outsider um, with no um, mentor or guide to mm. show me um, the way. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think we've all felt like that at some point. Yeah. But, but what age would that have been that you started to feel that way? Oh, dude, like I remember I would have, gee, early primary school. See, that's so young to to feel like that. Yeah, yeah, 10, mm. 10 years old it started. Yeah, okay. And so mum and dad, were they aware of your, your thoughts and that? Oh, they were busy with uh, my brother and sister as well. Oh, yep, yep. So they had two other kids. Dad wasn't coping too well with the move, so he was um, dealing with his shit. Yep. Thing was coming out sideways, you know. Mm. Like, so he was drinking, was he? Or, yeah. yeah. And like there was like crazy arguments where we we had to go. Um, like, whenever there was one, we had to like flee, flee the house. Right. So and so just mum would stay. Yeah. Just oh between mum and dad. Yep. Yeah. You know, I look back to that and like psychologically, that's just teaching me to run from conflict. Yeah, for sure. And that's just what I. What I did from an early age, like I've always frayed from conflict. Yep. So I remember I was 11, dad left for good, and I took on being the, like the father of the house at 11. Jeez, man. Yeah, like from like a really deep, like a gut level, I remember saying to mum, like, you don't have anything to worry about because like the next um, Red Cross hamper with like food and all that got delivered. Jesus. And that was really embarrassing. Oh, mate. At 11 too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like... You know, don't worry, Mum, I'll be rich one day. You won't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And um, I'll look after the two kids. Mm. That's yeah. that's very, very fucking big at 11 to be able to say yeah. that too. <laughs> not Especially not knowing what the world's like yeah. and craving those answers yourself too. And to craving able- like a father figure too. Yeah. And, and like looking up to, to him, but then doing, not knowing how to ask for attention, mm-hmm. uh, but just doing naughty shit. Yep. Just so, like, I'd get attention. Yeah. Yep. So, I was pretty sad. Mm. And um, I was misguided. Mum was busy with the two other kids. And, like, she comes from um, trauma. Um, there was, I just found out, like, a, c- a couple of months ago that there was um, more trauma on her behalf around, um, like, pedophilia. Yeah, right. Uh, you only just found that out. Yeah, oh, that's like so sad. Fuck. And, like... Now that everything's um, come to, to light, I look back on 
the fact that she was just doing her best. Yeah. With the tools that she had, mm-hmm. and like she was the like she was the best mum, but she like could only do so much. So yep. I was um, left to my with my own imagination, and um, was just left to run my own race. And like where I grew up, there was not really really much you know much positivity going on yeah okay in terrigal in 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 town mm. early um you know drug and alcohol abuse was pretty normal yep fights yes organized fights after school yep was normal and i remember being like at this susceptible age where i was such an energetic innocent beautiful kid mm. and then due to like lack of attention and then they put me in a Christian school from year two and I wasn't getting any attention from the, the teachers. Yep. And um, there was heaps of bullies there. Right. And it was like I, was, I started getting bullied and then I was like, oh, like, you know, coming from domestic violence in mm. the home. So, like, you know, I and, like, fraying from conflict, like, I soon realised that fraying from conflict, a good coping mechanism for me was just to punch him in the face. Right. Yeah, mm. and it's like bullied or be bullied, mm-hmm. and um, it was like yeah. So it was sort of like I was molded. I was like really like sabotaged in a way that if I was if I did receive the love and there was no bullies and everyone was about bringing each other up, mm. maybe I'd be telling a different story. Yeah, okay. I can just remember like, and now that I've got kids, like I can bring that into their life. Yep. So yeah, that's when my thinking st- started to change. Okay. So did you find that with yeah that's where the like um, low self esteem like I call it the pathological critic in the mind it stems from a low self esteem um, and mine um, all started with abandonment yep that I was worthless yeah I was unlovable yep that's that false information that I started telling myself yeah from that age yep because naturally like things like that happening I'm going to get upset. Mm. And it still happens today when I'm feeling vulnerable and and low. That's when that negative voice and they're like vultures start pecking at me. Yeah, right. So you still have that today. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's different, but we're all not that different. Mm. Are you the owner of a company or in management? Do you want to motivate your team, aid their performance, establish well-being, and accelerate your bottom line? Sign up as a team and reap the benefits. Email contact at loveyourmindaustralia.com.au with the subject, help my team today. Yeah, that's when those negative um, voices started. And um, cut to when I was 16, I turned 16. And um, it was just like a rite of passage. When you turn 16, it was a, you get a goon bag. Yeah. And you go to the beach. Yep. And you get fucking buckled. Mm, you get blind. And I remember that first time when I had that drink, all those responsibilities I put on myself because it was from 11, five years I I was like the golden child. Yes. Sticking up for my brother and sister, sticking up for my mum when dad would come back. Mm. Yeah, and having that first drink, it just washed away all those responsibilities. Yeah, okay. And like I'm a high-energy guy, so put the music on, Mm. put some high-energy music on. Put you around your mates, just talking hollow nonsense. Yep. I didn't feel less than or better than anymore. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I fit in. Yeah. The music sounded yep. better. And I was just looking at this stuff in the bottle mm. or the goon sack, whatever, going, what the fuck's this shit? 
Yeah, it's the medicine. It's the new medicine you've been looking for. Yep. What I've been looking for. Fuck. And that's what I started to worship. Yep. And, like, my love for the ocean, because I had goals about being a pro surfer, Mm. I didn't tell anyone that because I didn't feel worthy. Yeah, right. So I gave up. Like, I was subtly giving up on myself slowly, but it didn't happen. Like, my mind was warped from from 16 through to 24 when I wound up in rehab. It slowly just stripped everything away. It took, like, my dreams and aspirations. Like, it, the thing I loved so much yep. was a relationship. Like, I woke up, it was there. I drank, I drank it. Yep. It made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, okay. It was my medicine. Yep. And, like, that beautiful thing that was with with me all this time mm. just ended up just robbing me. Yeah. So it was the booze that, that yeah. was that was your medicine. Yeah. Yeah. That robbed me. Mm. It just took, started with the outside and then it just started, it started on the inside. I had nothing externally and I basically was a, sh- a shell of a human. Yeah. But, yeah, 21, no, 19, I, like, started getting into the ecstasy heat. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to ask you about that. So, obviously, drinking can only get you so far and so yeah. high. And then, obviously, it being a young guy around the Central Coast and, and the surfing world and just general public, you'll yeah. find that you'll um, come across influences around the drugs. What was it like the first time that you were introduced to it? And what drug was it? It was amazing, eh? Like, just like the alcohol, like, I remember getting on it when I was 19. And, like, I'm a high-energy Mm, mm, yeah i can tell that so and i love high energy music yep and just connecting with people and having a yarn yep so throw those little pills in the mix yeah mdma in the mix right and i was just like my partying just went to a whole new level yep just like what happened with the alcohol i was just like started obsessing over ecstasy sure Mm -hmm. but i remember when i was uh, from 18 to 19 i did the pro junior series around australia oh yeah yeah, and um, I was earlier days. I was training to be like a surfer, but um, in those negative voices, mm. when I was doing the comps. I basically lost the heat before I even went in the water. Yeah, right. So, like loud, my head noise was. Well, it does play a huge part, doesn't it? Beating yourself before you even attempt something. So, like, what helped me um, feel joy because um, I I was a very unhappy-go-lucky person. Yep. Even when I was, I loved alcohol and I loved ecstasy because it was just crazy shit. Sad shit, fucking life would just happen and I would be unaffected. Mm. I was so carefree. I'd be like, who gives a shit? Just have another beer. Mm. So I was, I stunted my maturity. Yeah, right. From such a young age because things would happen and I wouldn't grieve. Yeah, right. That's interesting, hey? Just be carefree. Mm. It actually agreed really well with me. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have a worry in the world. Fuck, how how were you surviving financially? I was working in a hotel doing two double shifts. So two 18-hour shifts in a row. I'd sleep at the hotel and then I'd do a single shift. So that's my five shifts done in in three days. Three days, yeah, yeah, right. You got four off. (laughs) And I'd have a thousand bucks in my pocket. So that's like... Me taking that job, I really um, thank the person that gave me that opportunity because it has served me well. Mm. Um, like, they taught me a lot. It was a five-star hotel. They taught me so much about service, and I'm so hospitable. Yep. But, um, yes, when I took that job and I stopped 
I'm doing the pro juniors. Mm. I was just basically giving up on my, my I didn't realise it, but subconsciously, yep. I was um, giving up. On who you dream. are. Giving up on your dream. and true vocation. Yep. And um, that's where my soul, or my, my spirit, was yearning um, for sustenance and yearning for this other life. And I was um, subconsciously dulling that out with alcohol and drugs. Yep. So I wasn't listening to my intuition and I was I was living an unsustainable life. Like what I was doing, I was like buying 100 pingers, selling 50 and consuming the other 50. Fuck. How, how long would it take you to consume 50? Man, like within those four days. Holy shit. You're lucky to be here, mate. Yeah, like I was on a- And that was weekly. Yeah. <sighs> I felt invincible. Yeah. Like even going out, I wouldn't hold any grudges. Like there was a lot of people in the cross and whatnot that were um, there for... I was a really high vibes guy. Mm. But there was like just... People on the dance floors looking for fights. Yep. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Yep. So I'd just go and fucking elbow him in the face. (laughs) Yeah, right. So you've gone from this bloke that was sort of (laughs) (laughs) avoiding conflict and not really interested in it to. um, Yeah, but I'd I'd quickly just put an end to the conflict. Yep. And just party on. There's no way I'd be holding any grudges, even if I. A lot of the time they'd get up and flog me. Yeah, right. And I'd love it. Yeah. I'd get up and hold no grudges. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm here for. Yeah. Let's get fucking loose. To feel, to come feel back, something. Come back on the bender. Yeah. I've got fucking 50 pingers. Yep. Like, we're, we're about to get kicked out. Let's kick on. Like, fucking oath, that was a sick brawl. Jeez, man. Like, who gives a shit? That was like, I just really took on this, um, like, live fast, die young. Attitude, yeah. Okay. Like, I had no hope. And I had such a small view on um, what life was like. Mm. Like I was clouded. I didn't know that this there was a an amazing life on offer. Yeah. That was it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Experience Todd's 21-day reset with a program personalised to you. Feel better mentally, physically, sleep soundly, experience positive relationship shifts and achieve your career goals. Go to loveyourmind.com.au forward slash 21 day challenge offer and embrace a growth mindset. What about what about your mum and your brothers and that while this was going on? Did you just sort of forget about them or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah basically like my brother was in Randwick and I got to the point where like I was unemployable. Yeah. And um like I'd spend, my money would come in. I moved from the hotel actually and I started making coffee. And um, I think I would have been like 20, 22 to 24 this was going on and I was living in Randwick. But my brother let me live in his sunroom. Oh, yeah. Because what would go down, I'd get, I think I was making like 900 bucks to 1400 bucks a week depending on how much I worked. Mm. As soon as <clears throat> I made the, that as soon as I got paid, I moved on to cocaine. Oh, yeah, right. And I was getting grams for 200 bucks. It was, it was shit. It was like fucking goey and cocaine mixed together. Mm. I got what I paid for. Yeah, right. And um, But because I was like, how can I function? Like, I need to like keep making money. Mm. Like, how am I going to fucking be employable and like still be able to fucking live this party lifestyle that I love. Yep. So that's why it was a more functional drug. Mm. So I was, mind you, from 17 through to like 24, I was ripping cones. Yeah, right. Yep. 
hard out. Mm. Like I'd be rolling my ciggies, like, and I'd be sprinkling, like, eckies and rolling my ciggies in cocaine and smoking. Holy fuck. It's a big co- concoction of the, of the gear, eh? So yeah. <laughs> like, just loved it. Like, my mate brought over one of his friends and he wouldn't have a beer and I just told him to get out. Yep. Go. Like, fuck. Are you serious, guys? Mm. Don't disrespect me like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not drinking? Get the fuck out. Yep. And did he leave? He left. Yeah. And, like, I've, I've said sorry to him today. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> What a, yeah, you know, yeah. I, like back then that was just it. Like I worshipped the stuff. Yep. Like, and I was, I was, I come, I was, I was hurting. Yeah. Well, I was just about to say, there's a reason for this. You've turned to it. It's given you everything you were craving, mm. isn't it? it like gave me connection, like purpose as well. Mm-hmm. Something outside myself. Like I was feeling shit, but that stuff. Like, I've always wanted to be positive. Yeah, righto. And carefree and loving. Mm. And that, like, getting on it like that, like, it gave me all that. Yep. But it was only, you know, short-lived. Yep. Well, it's not sustainable, it's not sustainable. is it? And then so so this has gone on from sort of 16 to 24. So we've sort of got a picture there of what it was like. How did you get to a point where you went, this isn't really working out for me as much as it used to? Yeah, like, I, I think people go around here like, good on you for getting to nine years sober and, like, it's dead set. Like, I've always had a lust for life. Yep. And I've always, like, wanted the answers, um, but I never got them. But maybe my ears were shut. Okay, yep. Like, even if, like, if someone did have the answers for me throughout that um, first 24 years of my life, like, mm. was, I ready? was I ready to learn? Yeah, probably not. I think I call it a divine intervention because... Mm. I took it too far one night and OD'd like, and I OD'd like, OD'd quite a bit, just take too many pills and yep. wake up the next day, make, make a little spot for myself to, all right, this is going to be it. Like my throat's closed up. I can't talk. I'm dehydrated. I'll just make a little nest here and die. Fuck. And then wake up the next day. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you thought you were probably going to die. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. And then just wake up and say, okay, wake well, up the next day. that but didn't I happen. I tell anybody. So, but this was a different story altogether. Like, OD'd and then um, was, I had to get sedated and um, I got taken to hospital and they handcuffed me to the bed. And um, in that part time of sedation, <clears throat> I had a full out of body experience, which was like I call a divine intervention. Like, I was exposed to, um, you know, there's this, we're living a physical having a physical experience but mm. i moved into like the spiritual dimension just just before we get into that because I, I have listened to a podcast of mm. yours and um what sort of grabbed me was and this is a message i guess for young people as well yeah. is that sometimes you you might take a drug thinking it's something but yeah. it's not and yeah. i was i was really drawn into this part of the story yeah. when you told that so tell us about how you got the wrong drug yeah. and what what that actually was like and what it did to you yeah, like the guys um, that my buddy went and got, he went out for a little mission over to the Beach Road Hotel at Bondi mm. and, um, to get some pingers because we're, we're on the bender and one thing led to another and he ended up at this um, Russian's house. Yep. These two, like, it's like out of a movie, dude. Yeah. It's just these two, like, fuck off big, dodgy Russians. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I love how you tell the story too because I fully I'm in I'm in Beach Road right now yeah. and I'm picturing these Russian dudes. Yeah, well, they took him back to um, his place and they were like, they they said they've got this gear and mate, they say like you know they almost killed me, but at the same time, they gave if they gave us one each, mm. like, we'd all be dead. Yeah, right. So they gave us one pill. Yep. And um. When you say one pill, what, what, just for you or? For us three. Oh, between three is. That wouldn't even scratch the surface for you, would it? (laughs) They said just third set. Third, yeah, right. And I'll, so he came back and he's like, yeah, I went to this um, gangster's house and they said just a third this pill. Mm. And I was like going, are you fucking kidding me? That's not enough for you. And anyway, like, you know, the night went on, I sort of forgot that he even went out. Mm-hmm. We're already buckled as, and um, my mate, before we went to the beach road, just divvied it into thirds. Yep. And, like, the laundry was on the bottom floor, and I went and just smashed that, smashed the line, just snorted it. Oh, fuck. And as soon as it hit me, man, it was like a full X-Files intro. Right. Like, it kicked in just... Instantly. Wow. And it hit me so hard that I just started power spewing. Yeah, right rainbows <laughs> and it felt amazing yeah right I'm talking like i've oh. half a carton card of rums already yeah however many beers so that was just projectiling out and it felt good like if i was on dmt right and it felt good and i was talking while it was happening jeez man how good it felt and it was like a perfect streamlined vomit, like, because I was pushing so hard too. Like, it was nuts. Wow, that's never heard anything like yeah, it. Yeah, but then I watched this Vice doco about bath salts. Mm. They spoke about, like, the effects of it, and they said it leads people feel so euphoric and out of it that they lead to cannibalism. Yeah, right. And, um... Cannibalism, fuck. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, um, when you come up from this drug, it's like a hundred times stronger than ecstasy. Because mm. it's synthetic and like they could, yeah, right. I don't know, the somewhere out of Asia they were manufacturing it and they could get it through the borders without being detected because it wasn't even on the market yet. Oh, right. So it was coming through. And um, when they were describing it, I'm like, that was the drug. So you've, yeah, that's, that's what you had. Oh, because shit. As soon as I had it, like it was fucking 100 times stronger than any ecstasy I've had. Mm. And I've had some good ecstasy. Yep. I've had imports, like, with three and a half points of MDMA in each pinger and, like, they were nothing compared to these things. These things were dirty, like, synthetic shit. Filth. Filth. Mm. Ever meant to be made. Yeah. That was just a, a killer. Fuck it was no. a dead set killer. And, um, yeah, I ended up just, like, we were full hallucinating but in trouble. Mm. And, like, my our lips had split from, like, our... Um, like the Joker. Yeah, what? Fair was, income. Yeah, like it didn't actually happen or trip. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I was going to say that. It's intense. But I was dead set, like looking at my mates. We turned into zombies and like I just started getting real hot. So I took my shirt off and I just ca- started caving in my little red Daihatsu. Yeah, right. So you got on top of your car yeah. and just caved it in. Started caving it in. Fucking hell, mate. Like as soon as that started happening, the cops just pulled up. Mm. And um, tackled me off the roof of the car, like four of them took. Yeah? Yeah, because I was just like, I reckon I could have lifted that car on, like, on my own. Yeah, right. 
That's how strong you felt. euphoric I felt. Yep. And um, it's like giving like a rat when they do tests on rats like, mm. something and they just fucking like run around crazy and their heart explodes. Mm. Like I felt like. Like that. Like that. Mm. And um, yeah, so I was, couldn't feel pain either. Like pulled the handcuffs as hard as I could and until the circulation was cut off, cut cuts into my wrists yeah right so you did that to yourself just to feel that pain yeah yeah fucking hell uh, but then i scratched the first layer of skin off my face too yeah like just ferociously that's that cannibalism you reckon from the drug yeah like if i wasn't um sedated or or if the the cops saved my life yeah right no doubt because if i was left alone like who knows what i would have done to anyone like i just don't even want to think about it yeah sure fuck like it, it's such a mystery what would have happened but i was i can understand like what happened to your mates that <clears throat> that were with yeah, you one was just like biting his fingernails off in the oh the yeah right where well, fuck that in a little ball and the other one just ran off they, they both just can't remember anything yeah but they didn't harm themselves or anyone no. lucky yeah and um yeah they handcuffed me and put me in the ambulance they called an ambulance because mm-hmm. i was just frothing from the mouth and my eyes were rolling the Far out. and that's when they thought it'd be appropriate to sedate me because i was just going off my head mm. but they sedated me like when i was like they didn't know what drugs i took so i was trapped in my own brain sedated mm. when i was the most fucked up i've ever been and i don't know if that was a good thing yeah, right. Yeah, because... Um, Fuck, Brownie, this is intense, brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I, like, yeah, had a, like a full-on out-of-body experience in the hospital bed when I was handcuffed and, mm. like, went to heaven. Yeah? Yeah. What's that like? What does that look it's like? Divine. Yeah? It's like, you know, we're here for love and connection mm. and, like, basically here to show ourselves and others unconditional love mm-hmm. and like we're not in human form up there or like our, we're just in spirit form yep we even communicate through like um connection so we don't i'm not talking up there because i'm like connected to other spirits mm. and through that connection I, I i talk to them yeah man jesus and it felt like there's no time up there either so it just felt like a whole other lifetime like eternity mm. and i was like it's almost like there was guides and they were like, I formed like a really strong connection with them up there and they showed me what we're really here for. Yep. So much that they wanted to keep me there. Right. And then um, I had to, and I don't know if this was just all a test to see if, um, all right, let's um, pretend we're going to keep this guy here and make him fight, fight to go back. So he appreciates life. So here I am. They uh, wanted to... To keep me there, they were hold. They had this like fucking. It's hard to explain because it was all internal. But I had to persuade and fight in this own way. Like it's like someone putting a gun to your head on Earth and going, "How badly do you want to live? Mm. Let's go fight." Yep. So that's what happened out there. And so, what did you have to fight with, like your your mind or? Yep. It was just persuasion Mm. and desperation. Yep. So they're trying to persuade you to stay. And you're trying to prove yourself to go back to Earth and live a better life sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. I ended up like persuading them for me to go. And it took like every ounce of my being to leave. Mm-hmm. It had to take that. That's crazy. Man. Maybe maybe this is, uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is probably um, where you're learning how to go nine years sober now because that sort of sounds easy after 
having to use mm. every bit of you under those conditions yeah, man. to come back. And then I just fell a bit further into hell. No and, way. Yeah, and then I was like, shit. It felt like another lifetime. And I, I never, like, like, in the fights, like, there were people looking for fights. I never harmed anyone else but myself apart from that. Mm. And, um, but I, um, was paying for my sins down there. Right. I was like aimlessly walking around, which felt like an eternity, bumping into other like creeps in like what was like a fiery desert. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, but there was chambers, man. Yeah. Where I could hear screams and shit. Buck. That's where like I thought that the pedos, mm. you know. Yeah, okay. Like They've been tortured for their, their sins. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, which will feel like an eternity for those souls. Mm. But they'll pay for their sins eventually. Yep. And then move back into the cycle of the souls up, mm. up, in, up in heaven. Yeah, right. So like, it was so divine, this experience. Mm. Like, it's such a gift. Mm. Like, at the time and even afterwards, it was so hard. Like, PTSD and stuff. But now, I see it as such a blessing. Of course. Because when I was the, like, grand finale of what felt like an eternity walking around ended up with me like in a coliseum and i was like felt so vulnerable like with everyone looking at me mm. it's full of people yeah it's like me and i was like i was in human form i think at this point and um i started throwing up on myself yeah like, found to me yeah it didn't stop and every time like the vomit hit my skin my body like i don't think i was in human form but i could i felt like i like i was mm. like, i saw my yeah, right. So I don't know. But every time, like, I threw up and it washed me, mm. it felt like I was stripping layers off, my, like, of my ego. Interesting, man. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. And every time, like, I threw up, it was like a purge. Yep. And um, the more I threw up, the more I didn't care what anyone was thinking in the Coliseum. Mm. To a point where I was nothing. I yep. Was, I was there, but I had no wasn't worrying about what anyone was thinking mm. and as soon as i became nothing that's when i remember just screaming like saying like, like yeah right like it got fucking heavy yeah <laughs> i just woke up like i saw the like the bright lights of the hospital bed mm. and um my family there and then when they when i woke up i was just they were like looked like they saw a ghost because of the state i was in of course yeah and then they just left the room and started crying. And I was going, what's wrong? I'm all good. Don't mm. Like, don't worry about me. Did you feel good? Yeah. Yeah, right. So how long you'd been out for? Like to process all that. Yeah. I don't oh, yeah. know how to process cool. No, 16 fuck. hours. So you've, you've, it seemed like an attorney while you're in heaven and then in hell, but it was 16 hours. 16 hours. Yep. And you've come out of that, no. that huge bender. And you felt good. I felt good, yeah. Yeah. Like, I couldn't comprehend what just happened. It's almost like I woke up and I just snapped into a different reality. Yep. So what happens next now? Like, you, you've, you've woken, you've gone through all this, you know, in your mind. Where do you start? My heart's go out to all those kids that die in festivals for taking what they think's mm. ecstasy and it's, it's not. Mm. Because... Maybe they have that out-of-body experience and they go up to heaven yep. and they have that fight 
And they can't win it. And they don't win. Yeah. And then they, that's where the flat line happens, you know? Mm. Like that was it. If I didn't fight, mm. that's I would have stayed. Yep. So that means like I would have and flat you, Yeah, and you wouldn't have been able to tell us this story. You know? So like, mm. like I do, like I've got so much like I'm so grateful to come back, but I'm so like empathetic for like the people that thought that that was life. Yeah. That's all that life had to offer. I know. It, it's hard. So much more than that. Yeah, 100%. And, and unfortunately, that's that's what we're trying to do now, yeah. isn't it? You know, try and tell people that life isn't just about being high. You know, yeah. that there's heaps better. That your natural high is like being able to go to the beach of a day, being married with kids, buying a house, having a job you like, yeah. just being awake. Yeah. That, that's where the true highs come from. Yeah. Loving yourself. Yeah. Loving yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's spot on. Are you a business that would like to partner with us to improve the mental health of our community? Discover the power of podcast sponsorship. Email us with the subject sponsor. Reach out to contact at loveyourmindaustralia.com.au with the subject sponsor to find out more. So, all right. So you've woken up. You know what you've been through. How do you beat the addiction? Brother, I was self-medicating. I was in hospital for another two days. Mm -hmm. As soon as I got released, first stop, Dan Murphy's. Yeah, right. So you went straight to the bottle. Yeah. Straight back into the power packs, straight yep. back into the sunroom. Yep. No rent. I wasn't um, fit to work. Mm-hmm. I was. Um, I had to walk around with a um, brown paper bag. Yeah. Um, because my heart, like, was. I had the worst anxiety ever. Yeah. And like to drink. Drinking was like my medicine for anxiety. Yep. Um, but it was uh, my whole nervous system was fucked. Mm. <clears throat> like I. I really, um, I didn't realize, but like, cause I was daily drinking, um, prior to that and I hadn't surfed for a few years, but daily drinking, like I didn't realize I just didn't want to be hung over. So I just thought I'll be mildly intoxicated every day. All the time. Yeah. That's nice. Easy breezy. Yep. And, um, so that last two weeks I really hit it hard. Eh? Like mm. I remember like getting through what I got through. And um, my dad was a bouncer, and I remember, like, talking to him at, um, fuck, whatever puppy was um, bouncing at in Newey. I was just, like, <laughs> felt so invincible, mm. and I was, like, because of what I got through. Yep. And I was telling people, and I, but I was actually fucking going crazy. Yeah, right. Like, it was the start of my, like, psychosis in a way. Yeah, okay. I was, like, falling into that other realm yeah right to people about it what were they doing just listening or? i was crazy yeah and um <laughs> yeah but drinking hard for like two weeks straight and then um i didn't have alcohol from um from newcastle to sydney on a train on a train yep yeah and um i ended up making it to strathfield without alcohol and then having like a full-blown seizure because you hadn't had a drink yeah. for an what an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. But I had a bad feeling when I um, hopped on that train. I went, "Fuck! I forgot my roadies." Mm. But the train was there. 
Oh, so it's a closing door moment. Yeah, so I jumped on. Fuck, I'm going to do this. Yeah, but then I started talking, man. I, I don't know who this girl is. I used to work with her at um, Newtown back in the day at the coffee shop. I'd love to talk to her, but um, I saw this girl I recognised on the train, mm. and um, I was, like, abnormally fucking high, but I, I didn't know it was the start of, like, whatever you DTs. Mm-hmm. And then I started talking to her about my... Um, near-death experience and stuff. Mm. And I remember, like, it's the PTSD. Like, I spoke about what happened and then I experienced those emotions and then the no alcohol. Mm. I was, like, holding her hand. Like, she would have thought I was a dead <laughs> schizo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Poor thing. It was fucking schizophrenic. Mm. I don't know what he's talking about, talking about other dimensions. Oh, mate. And all that, holding her hand, and then I just started fucking seizuring. Oh, while you're holding her hand. Yeah. And, just, and hit the deck, and then she just ran off. So, she, yeah, well, she didn't tell anyone, she just left. Oh. Mm. And, like, no one was around. I was, like, in this carriage on my own, just seizuring. And I had the fucking mental capacity, like the, I felt like, mate, my fucking willpower was, like, I, I've just been exposed to such, like, extremities. It's like people in the prisoner of war camps. Mm-hmm. Like, they get exposed to, like, hardships. Yeah. They realise how capable the human a human is. Mm. We're so much more capable than what our mind actually perceives. Yep. So, like... I was having a full seizure and I told myself if I took these, I took Advil, like Advil every day. Mm. If I can get these Advils in my mouth, I'll be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Just, and like my arm was shaking like this and I'm just. Oh, mate. Fucking somehow get them out of my pocket. Yeah. (laughs) I I pop them and I just fucking like get them in there and like the liquid capsules, I just like chew them. Yep. And I just started getting up and I was just like put one foot in front of the other mm. and I just started like walking. And then it just got better and better. Yeah. Like, well, I then like started like getting the bugs under the skin. Oh, mate. Properly, that's like, bad. Yeah. And what did that feel like? like I mean, that's exactly what it felt like. Like actual. Something under your oh, skin. And see so you're scratching, right? Yeah. Ugh. Something coming out of your skin that's inside you. Yeah. Pushing your skin up, and then it's like the nervous system full on having a spaz out because you get the vibration of like whatever it is, like mm. of their little legs under your skin, just like tapping as fast as the legs are. Jesus, like trying to get it. Fucking hell. Yeah, and then the voices in 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 your head going, "Wait, wait, brownie, brownie," mm. and then like you're looking around and there's like no one behind you. Fuck. Yeah, and then um, yeah, just ended up over at uh, Central Station just with nothing because I left my all my shit on the train. Mm. Yeah, and then I was just with all the homeless people in the, in the tent city and then I saw a cop car drive past and I thought, should I just go run and stop that cop mm. and tell him that, like, I'm going crazy? Mm. But then I'll end up in a mental institution. Yeah, fuck, mate. This is what I'm getting at like it's a sad reality i'm an alcoholic people every day are dropping into oblivion like due to alcohol abuse Mm. like if if it's either you know like and like you know with the suicide Mm. um however alcohol kills people and it's like i was almost just another statistic yep so what was going on was i felt like the most like lonely and scared i've ever felt 
because when I lose my mind, that's what controls everything. Mm. My personality, I had no personality. My nervous system, like me even moving my fingers, couldn't do that. Mm. So when I got back, um, I called, um, had my phone in my pocket, called my buddy in Bondi. He shouted me a taxi back to his place. And he was the one that I got on it with. Yeah, okay. And he lived on the top floor of this apartment building. And he had a good, decent veranda. Um, and um, he was like, just going, where the fuck have you been? Because I just went missing for two weeks. Mm. Just I said, oh, fuck, I can't talk about this right now. And he started mocking me, like doing the, going, Ugh. Doing the vomit. From that night. Oh, yeah. Right on. Started, like, full taking the piss. Yeah. And as he was doing it, he just started turning into a devil. Like, I... Oh, right. His veins started popping out of his skin, and I could just see that bath salts, like, that that drug just moving through his veins still. Yeah. Fuck. And I just took one look at him. This was, like, me just without drugs or alcohol. Mm. This is me withdrawing. Yep. Nuts. It is. And then um, I ran up into his room and I was just laying in his bed, getting frightened from one end of the room to the other. Fuck. Yeah. How's that fun, eh? This... Yeah, like it got real sad. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it's what I needed, eh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, ended up on the veranda because the voices were like um, telling me to jump off the veranda. Mm. And like, you know, I've got that negative voice due to the low self-esteem but this was like a full schizophrenic voice like someone actually talking to me yep going like the only way to for for you to get better is just to crush your brain Mm. like because this is where like in here Mm. like that's where the noise is in your brain yeah i need to stop this yep how can i do that to blow it off so jump and and take your life jump head first Mm. and crush this brain Mm. And um, so I got an insight to, like, I feel a lot of um, empathy for people that commit suicide because I, I know what it feels like. I wasn't thinking about my family, like, oh, how are they going to feel if I do this? Oh, this mm. is so selfish. Like, you're not thinking like that. Mm. Like, I got myself into such torment and I fucked with my brain chemistry so hard mm. and I abused my body and I did the opposite of love it and I, I like that was the consequences yep um, we're here to love and I was just doing the opposite yep the the devil or whatever you want to call it had me in its grips mm. and had me right where it, where it wanted me I just believe there's good and evil in this world and I was entertaining the evil yeah you were and um, this is where my um, willpower like earlier on in the train, I said, I just need to go for a surf and everything will be better. Mm. I need to jump in the ocean. Yep. Um, so I, a combination of that and me remembering there was Carlton drafts in the fridge. <laughs> it's got me off the ledge. Yeah, right. I threw myself back because I, I, ha- I was fully stepped over. Oh, mate. How high do you reckon? Uh, three stories. Yeah. So if you had gone head first, you'd, you'd be out. Yeah. You'd be done. Yeah. Mm. I hopped back over. And um, smashed like three carton giraffes mm-hmm. just to take the edge off, and I started feeling a bit better. And then got the paper bag, started blowing through it, and um, ended up down at Bondi Beach, stripped off, and jumped in the ocean. And it was a flat day, and I jumped back, and I was just laying in the ocean. Mm. And I just visualized like my brain chemistry sort of leveling out. Mm. Um, I was still definitely like completely fucked, but it was enough like for me to pull myself out of 
like the suicide. Okay. Yeah. And Jesus. then um, my mate bought me a power pack of long necks. Mm-hmm. I got out of the water and I was dead set talking complete gibberish <laughs> and then pulling myself out of it going, what the fuck was I just saying? So you were talking to people on the beach? Yeah. And then just going, fuck, what am I saying? But, but I was talking complete, like, nonsense. Just made up rubbish, yep. But words weren't matching together. Mm. But it was like, <laughs> it would have been poetry for some, if I recorded it. And what did, what are the people doing? But I was blank. Like, yep. I was falling into rabbit holes. Right. Like that's how hard I lost my mind. Yeah, right. And then people looking at me, and then I pulled myself out and go, what was I just saying? And they were just looking at me like they saw a ghost. Oh, mate. Yeah. You needed help at that point. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then um, that's when I called my mum and I denied those power pa- that power pack. That's the first beer I've ever denied. Because mm. I knew if I took that beer, I would have tipped over the edge. Yep. I would have been on, on one. But yeah, called mum. Brother, were, her brother's best friend was um, the head psychologist at a rehab. Oh, yeah. So they got me in to a good rehab in two weeks. So I was drinking a glass of wine a night and a couple of drinks every night um, until I got into rehab and then I was medicated and that's when my sobriety started. Yep. Fuck, what was that like, mate? <laughs> it would be hard. Yeah, heaps hard. Mm. Like um, I thought like that I was just washed up and like I just fully fucked my life and I was a no-hoper yep. in rehab with all these other drug addicts. Mm going how like how did i end up here but like at the at the same time didn't give a shit yep so crazy Mm. just fucking like being rude talking heaps of nonsense flirting with like the Mm. staff Mm -hmm. getting moved to like the naughty group (laughs) (laughs) where there's more more naughty people yeah naughty people (laughs) and like it was just all a massive show Mm. put on heaps of weight there yep but like yeah like I didn't realise, but I was in the ashes, like I said at the start. Yeah, right. You know, like I, I basically died. Like in that, um, when I was getting shocked from one room side of the room to the other, mm. like I was bankrupt, man. Like I had nothing. I was in a whole lot of debt with fines, driving an unregistered yeah. the car, man, for like mm. 1400 bucks. Couldn't even, I had nothing, no surfboards, no job, no nothing, and then... It robbed me with from my spirit. Yeah. Robbed me of everything. Mm. So when I was in rehab, I was just a, a blank canvas. Yep. So I was actually in a perfect position mm. for like for growth. It was like, you know, when you get born, what do you come out? You just come out nude mm. with nothing. Mm. It's like that happened again. At 24. 24, I was reborn. Mm. And I didn't know this was happening at the at the time, but um, they were like, bro, you got to go to AA. Like, promise us when you leave, you'll go to AA. Because, like, I wouldn't go when I was there. I was like, are you are serious? I'm not getting out of this bed. Mm. Like, I'm too fucked to get out of this bed. I'm mm. like, no way am I. Like, I'm, I'm rooted. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Yeah. And um, they were like, I oh, just promise us. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll promise you that I'll go there. Yep. So when I left that rehab, um, I was in Randwick. And I knew, like, I didn't know. I knew that I just could not drink because what was around the corner, I knew that I just did not have another chance. Yeah. Like, that was, I got given this second chance. Yep. And I, I felt like I was, I like, I was gifted. Mm. Like, 
with what happened. I didn't want to disrespect that realm. Yep. Yeah. Because, um, you know, after everything that, that went on there. But then I realised I was looking at myself in the mirror, just going, who are you? Having these conversations with myself. I didn't even know myself. Yeah. Because I was just like, my whole perception, my whole, everything I thought about this world was wrong. Fuck. Yeah. But that was like when I was um, obviously needed help in the program. Yep. And um, an older sober member um, saw that and that's when they took me through the steps in AA mm. and like I dead set wish that there was a program like they they should do this as like a rite of passage for you to leave year 12 or something yeah right I was just thinking that when you were saying that life I live today it's I'm not religious but I'm spiritual mm. and there's a big difference yep it's like one um, saying that stuck with me it's like religions for people that are afraid to go to hell and spirituality is for people that have been there yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Because, like, spirituality is, like, it's all-inclusive. And the simplicity of spirituality is, like, because religion, for me, like, it's segregated. Like, oh, are you Christian? Are you Muslim? Are you this mm, that? Mm. It's, like, for me, my belief and what I was um, exposed to was that where it doesn't matter about our race, what country we're from. Mm or anything, we, we belong to this world and there's one God and we're one race. Yep. And for me, being living a spiritual life, I'm not better than, there's no hierarchy. Mm. We're all on an even playing field. Yep. And my job's just to show myself and others love. Yep. And no judgment whatsoever. Mm. So people can do whatever they want. Mm. I'm only in control of myself. Good on you, mate. Yeah, I know. So I love spirituality. Yeah. And spirituality for me is a way of strength, not weakness. Yeah, for sure. Like I can hold my head up high um, because I've got that strength I rely on every day. Yeah, you should, bro. You've come a long yeah. way. Mm. So it is my, um, I rely on that heavily today. Mm. Yeah. Mate, this is, it's a fucking nut story. It's, yeah. it's a fucking nuts story, but yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I mean, obviously, with with my company, Love Your Mind Australia, it's all about um, strength in the mind and um, what your capabilities are, and you, you, your brain can achieve anything. You're never you're never beaten. You can always you can always challenge your mind to to beat anything really. You know, whether it be depression, anxiety, you know, being overweight, anything that you want to overcome, you can if you just you know believe with your mind and attach a growth mindset i guess towards every single outcome every single challenge you're faced with if you can just stop and re redirect your energy and attach that growth mindset that i can do something and or i can you know achieve this that's where it all starts so this is my question for you you're in rehab you've gone to aa at some point you have to go to yourself how am i going to win this fight brownie no one can do it for you what did that look like no one can do it for you and for all those years i would i'd subconsciously rely on others they'd be like my my blanket you know, mm. my brother letting me live in his his sunroom yep or mum can i have a little bit of money mm -hmm. or me being employed by someone else like relying on working for them for for them to pay me like it's i actually like never really dug deep and harnessed my own strength yeah I always would just rely, subconsciously, I didn't realise I was doing it, mm. just relied on others or if I was feeling shit, something outside myself to make myself feel better. Feel better, yeah. And, and that's that's what I'm saying, that it's it's the easy option that everyone goes with. But it's not to actually challenge yourself and what your yeah. capabilities can be where you can go, I can do this myself. Mm. Like, 
I've realized like how um, you know human beings we're all born with like defects of character as well. Mm. So something else I wasn't taught at school, but like no one taught me about like patience. Mm. And one of my defects is impatient. Fuck me too, mate. Like I want something yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's like mature comes back to me my maturity. And me showing patience. All right, how can I harness patience? Oh, I've got to have faith here. Mm. Like I think, like, like for, before I um, um, started living this spiritual life, I was really contempt, like prior to investigation. Right. So, like, Dad took me to um, Christian school and then came back and punched holes in the walls, and I was like, "Fuck religion." Yeah, right. Said, spirituality. I'd have um, attachments to religion, Mm-mm. but it was completely different. Mm. So, like, what's, you know, I pray for patience. If I'm having a hard time, mm. God, um, like, can you remove my impatience? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That will not mine be done. Mm. And love myself for the imperfectness of me being human. Yeah, that's well said, mate. Because whatever we want is on the way. Mm. All our job is to do, we've got to work hard for it. Mm. That's a fact. But we've got to love ourselves through that process. And it's so easy for the ego or whatever uh, for us to be feeling impatient and then or into- then that would move to intolerance and then, oh, wow, like I'm in a bit of pain here because what I've moved into self-pity, mm. pity party. Yeah. Nothing's going my way. Mm. Or I need something outside myself to feel good. I can't handle this anymore. Yep. Two steps forward, one step back. Mm. I'm actually like getting in my own way when the divine has a special plan for me and all I need to do is love myself and love others. Yep. Makes sense, man. Yeah. So I've just got to get out of my own selfish way. Yep. And so is this a constant <laughs> reminder? Is this like a constant uh, reminder for you? It's a good reminder. Daily. Yeah. You know, so you yeah. you still have triggers, Brandy. You still have influences around you that, mm. you know, still think how their living's normal, you know. Yeah. I'm, I've learned that I'm like heavily influenced as well like um yeah like i'm just a really um highly influenced person yep so like it's really important who i surround myself with Mm. yeah but that comes with maturity too doesn't it Yeah, like i've learned to be happy with myself and i'm comfortable Mm. with my own company yeah yeah and that's a that's a huge huge part of it hey a lot of people like like and i've done it too like i'm only human Mm. i've i've pulled it like a partner mm. for fulfillment mm. and like usually that like it won't work out too well because like i've got to pull from within mm. yeah like as soon as i'm pulling at anything for, for happiness i'm i need to like take a step back and go well brownie mate i feel, feel like i should be paying you an hourly rate for this information <laughs> this is going to go out to millions of people and they're going to get a lot out of this man yeah mate you 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 should be so proud of yourself dude where you've come from yeah. I'm totally captivated by this potty. This is awesome. Yeah, like the layers of like growth. It's like a layer, you know, with an onion. Mm. Like a layer of the onion. Yeah. So it's just one more layer of the onion. <laughs> like, is it going to ever end? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not because we're always <laughs> learning, aren't we? And we're that's the beauty. Learning. Oh, I don't have this. Like, I don't, I don't have this. Mm. Like, I, like, as soon as I was in a position to say, wow, like, I was wrong about everything. Yep. How humbling is that? Wow, yeah. Like, I, I need to be humble. Mm. 
so like the thing that wasn't um um like i wasn't exposed to as well throughout my life was service so like basically what how i was living i was selfish i was self-centered and the program basically like got me in touch with how selfish i was yep brownie how about you stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about others Mm. that's a great first step isn't it yeah so like i'm nine years sober but like i my sobriety relies on constant thoughts of others yep okay because that's the secret Mm. i'm out of here and i'm projecting myself upon the world yep all right how can i be of service Mm. oh you know brownie can you do this podcast Mm. you know the missus is sick got two kids at home i work today get over yourself <laughs> it's an opportunity for some service get your ass down there yeah 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 you're awesome too mate it's late notice wasn't it you know <laughs> when as soon as like i just get over myself yep and just when opportunities or or whatever arise mm. it's like just just love yourself love others and do it yep is it positive do it mm. So that's a key message to people. Hey, Brownie, you know, just um, not to be so selfish. Mm. Look outside of yourself for service for others yeah. because ultimately that will – it returns and rewards you in, in, in ways to move forward, doesn't it, mm. in your own brain? Yeah, like I've – Gratitude stuff. Being grateful. Mm. Um, writing a gratitude list. Yep. Um, like I've moved past that. Like for me um, – I do a 15-minute, like, um, high-frequency um, sound meditation every night. Yep. And, like, I'll, you know, practice gratitude at the start of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also monitor, like, my um, breath. Yep. Um, and, like, full body scan, fill my body up with that bright light. Yep. <clears throat> um, gratitude. And then my intuition takes over today. Yep. And um, who knows what I'll pray, I'll pray for. Yep. But um, even with like my, I'll give you like this is a perception thing that, um, like I've got to act my, I've acted my way through positive actions into this perception. Mm. So from the outside, like, oh, Brownie's like got a successful business. He's got uh, two kids and a wife, um, and he's, he gets to go surfing. How good, oh, how good's that, you know? But people don't see the service I put in outside of that. Yep. And um, the reason why I've got a successful business is because, for me, there's there's no hierarchy. Mm. Um, I'm not up here, and my staff's down here. Mm. Um, like I give everyone creative freedom and I let go of control. Fuck, that's so I good. Encourage evolution because mm. it's it's actually um, an illusion uh, for people to think things are going to stay the same. Yeah. So my job's to love and um, encourage evolution, and we've got a rapidly growing company mm. because of that. Um, and that all comes stems back to spirituality. Yep. 
um, and even in meditation, I pray for finance. Yep. Um, to in turn um, give the my staff better lives. Mm. So like the money that comes in, I'm not going. Oh fuck yeah! I want this new car. Yep. Like I want to impact people's lives with my finance. Yeah, that's so good, mate. And, and that's where, like, I know that it's on the way mm. because it's not for my own selfish needs. Because if I'm pulling at externals for happiness, like, because I've done it, I've made that mistake. Mm. Like, it will never be enough. Yeah. Far ahead, old you, Bernie. Thirty-three. Fuck me, mate. You are switched on, dude. <laughs> Thirty-three. Wait till you're forty-three. Like, yeah, bro. Like <laughs> I, I definitely like. I, that's the thing too with spirituality. Like I can act so childlike. Like you should see my. Like I'll show you this new video we did. Mm. Me and a mate. Like it's just fucking. It's it's our like my my favorite little production. Mm. But I've got two kids, and I'm like. So childish, bro. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I've got faith. I've got nothing to worry about. Mm. I know that everything's taken care of. Mm. And I can just get weird. Yep. <laughs> just do whatever you want. And, you know, the money's coming in. Mm. I've got a beautiful wife. Yep. I'm not thinking like, oh, is she going to leave me? Or mm. pulling, at, pulling at her for, for fulfillment anymore. Yep. Like I'm lifting everyone up. Yep. Like I'm doing exactly what. Um, the divine is is um, mm. um, putting like that's what I'm I'm like a facilitator. Yep. So like I facilitate and lift people up. Yep. Um, through our company. Yep. Yeah. That's outstanding, man. So like I can be childish mm. and like you know how I was drinking and being care because I love mm. just being carefree. Yeah. I get to be carefree and childish without alcohol. Yeah, that's... How cool is that? Yeah, that's right. That's everything I ever wanted. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and and so those thoughts, looking for answers and all that when you were a child and turning to the booze for that, now you've got the real answers, haven't you? You've got it. You've got the answers that you've really desired. Yeah. It just like, took a, a, a rough path to get there. It did. But, like, that's life. That is, yeah. So, like, if... If anyone's feeling suicidal, it's like, just know that, like, through dark times, like, every night, the mm. sun eventually rises. Mm. It's like a dark time. Like, yep. we're all connected to this this earth. Yep. It's really stormy. Mm. Fuck, it's hailing. Mm. But, but there's a cyclone cranking. That'll eventually pass. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly the message that I pass on to, yeah. is that it doesn't, it doesn't matter how hard it is now, it will pass. Yeah. And you've got to have some faith to know that it will. Yeah. But you've also got to stand up and, and know that and, and find the way forward yourself as well and not just get caught up in the in the chaos. You've got to, you've got to put those processes in place to start, wake up the next day and get you active. Like this one. Mm -hmm. You can't think your way into positive thinking. You've got, to, you've got to act your way into it. Yep, 100%. I do love that one. That's going on this podcast, mate. That's the name of this one. <laughs> yep. So through positive actions, mm -hmm. I change my thinking in a positive way. Yep, yep. So like you were talking about cold exposure, like I pump the ice baths. Yep, yep. I've got a sauna at home. Mm -hmm. I've got a gym in my garage. Yep. Like 
there's a fair few things now that I'm not drinking that I need to. There's positive, a lot of positive actions I need to implement mm. for me to be in this perception. Yep. Because I can easily talk myself out of meditating. Yep. Or brownie, it's getting late. Yeah. I have an early night. Yeah. I've got a big day tomorrow. Yep. I won't meditate. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, it's been a week. Um, I can't be too busy for those positive actions. For sure. Because it's in those actions that make me feel positive. Yep. Yep. 100%. And if it's daily, so be it. It's, if it's daily, it has to be daily. And if you don't feel like it. Get off your ass and do it. feel better afterwards. And this is what I was telling you about before, Brownie, with this 21-day um, mindset reboot that I run online. I've got this, these eight pillars to well-being, and you've, you've pretty much talked about every single one of them, but it's all attached to a hard decision. So like you said, you don't feel like meditating, go meditate. I've, you've got a busy day, go fucking earlier. Yeah. You know, you want to do, don't want to get cold water because it's winter? Do cold water because it's winter because yeah. you know how it's going to make you feel. You know, you want to go to Macca's because you're running late? Organise organize your avocado eggs and your berries and that before you go so that you don't have to call yeah. in it. Just there's all these things, your gratitude, you know, your positive psychology, your relationships, all that stuff, but you've covered it all, spirituality. Um, it's just got to be practised daily to live an optimal life, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a far greater life than drinking alcohol, being lazy and eating takeaway food. That's a waste of life. Yeah. So, you've you've got it all covered, mate. At thirty three, yeah. But I still so, don't. I still don't have this licked. <laughs> it's, I've always got to remain teachable. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. So, all right. Well, listen. I want to ask you why? Why coffee? What? What? What made you just go to the world? I'm not following the nine to five daily routine because there's something better for me. And why was that coffee? Oh, man. I remember mum making her Maconas and I smelled, I could smell the aromas. Mm. And I was just a little kid going, oh, oh my gosh, that, what is that? That mm. smells amazing. Mm, yeah, right. I even like, before I even drank or got on it, my mate and I got hooked into it and had like six coffees and then went to a party. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's evolved like with um, learning everything about service but being, me being naturally hospitable mm. like you come over to my place and for a feed like I'll, you'll, you'll leave so full yeah right like I, I don't know like I must have like a ta- Italian heritage or something that <laughs> maybe telling me about, yeah know. yep so, like, it just hit me one day, like, with everything you've learned, you mm. should open the coffee shop. It was just, like, felt like all the ingredients were put together for me. To, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was taught by someone that was um, taught by um, number two in the world. Mm. So, like, and I learned at, like, one of the most high-volume coffee shops in Bondi Junction. Yep. So I was really confident with my trade. Yep. And um, I was like, how can I surf and make money? Yeah. 
because I'm so active. I've got to be. I can't be behind a desk. Mm. My true vocation, like I love making coffee, but really my passion is the ocean and just being immersed in the water. Yep. How can I fund that? So you've made a coffee shop in the water. So <laughs> I um, started an early opener. Yeah. That closes at 1 p.m. That's open seven days a week. Yep. So from 1 p.m., yeah, I had to work seven days a week. Yep. For a couple of years, get it kicked off. Mm. Um, but I was surfing every other. Yeah. See, here you go. I wanted to do was surf. Yeah, and now we've got like I met my wife in that store. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then like yeah, we're married with two kids. Yep. So, like there's so much like history and nostalgia. Like we've been there for six years now. Where is it? Um, Beaumont Street. Yep. Um, Hamilton. Yep. Beaumont Street. Um, but people like come in, meet each other. Next thing you know, like someone's helping them with like something. And, mm. There's a real connection there, hey. Connection. The coffee's mad too, mate. It's, it's the best. Such a vibe. Probably the such best coffee around. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's what I love to support as well. So like there was a few people that regulars that came to our wedding as well. Yeah, right. Like it's um, really authentic. Yep. Um, so that's now moved um, into an online store. Mm-hmm. So we're still retailing our coffee online to um, the nation, which is exciting. Yeah, bloody oath it is. But yeah, with our, with our finance, it, um, like, I, you know, I was 16, uh, I was... Um, five years sober, and I fostered a kid. Yeah. Um, and he's eighteen and moved out, and is um a hairstylist now. Yeah, nice. So that was another hard, hard but most rewarding thing I've done. For sure. Like as soon as, like I was moderately like in a financial position to. To help mm. with that, I even spent ten grand on starting a foundation to house kids from sixteen to eighteen because they're not, um, that no one wants them. Mm. But like the logistics and everything was beyond me. Yeah. Okay. So, but I in meditation, I like I pray like that um, whatever's out there put puts forth an opportunity for, for service down the track. Yeah. So I don't know what that is, but that's on the way as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it's a, a beautiful business built around amazing morals. Yep. And, uh, like, like I said, it's so important who I surround myself with. So yep. I'm in control of that now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And surfing's not a team sport either. Like no. For me, it's so humbling going out, like, when it's big. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because I'm a thrill seeker as well. Yeah, I, I sort of gathered that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, when it's big, like, I'll prepare my boards, prepare the jet ski. Yep. Look at the swell, and that gets me all, like, the adrenaline mm, dumping. Mm, mm. And so it's more of the build-up to um, and thinking about what could happen mm. than the actual surf. Yeah, right, eh? So that's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> and like the coffee shop in this business like allows me to achieve my dreams. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. you just stood up and made the change, mate. Yep. Yeah. But had, it, had to take the leap too. 
Yeah, of course. Stayed in that um, like safe job. You could have, mate. And not on it myself, and just had a safe thousand bucks a week. Yep. But I took the leap and took a chance. Yep. Moved past financial insecurity, mm-hmm. self doubt. Yep. Um, and just for once, just harnessed my own strength. Yep. Um, and believed in myself. And look at what's happened. Yeah. And I'm, I've never been to uni. Yep. I was fully cooked in rehab at 24. Mm. So that's why I love um, telling my story because, like, I didn't go get a degree. No. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. No. Like, and look at what's happening. Mm. Like, I want to give hope to someone that's, you know, like, like, you know, they don't have to be as down and out as I was. Mm. They might just be in a job that they don't like and they want to, they might want to need to hear this and take the leap themselves. Yep. Yep. I made a hundred percent, you know, that's, that's what these podcasts are about. It's showing people that you can do this yourself. Yeah. You just have to believe and, and just set a few things up around yourself, make some changes and take that hard leap because the, the journey ahead is so rewarding if you, if you just apply yourself and change the way you think about yourself. And do you want to get to your deathbed and wonder what could have been? And that's the other thing too. Like I've said this on other podcasts, you know, there's some great, great quotes out there, but you don't you don't get a medal at, at 70 or 80 if you're lucky to live that long and, you know, congratulate you for making it. There's none yeah. of that. There's, so what, you know, what would you want to live the life just to... T- Tiptoe around just to fucking say you survived life. Make the most of life. Yeah. Because, mate, it can be taken away just like that at any time, can't it? No one's, um, we're all on a countdown timer. Yep. No one's time is counting. Right? Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, mate, I reckon we could just sat here all, all afternoon and <laughs> just kept talking and talking, but yeah. um, I certainly appreciate you coming in and, and getting to know you and yeah. uh, I think, mate, you should be so proud of yourself, man. Um, yeah, and even even myself, you know, I'll walk away from here today um, and I'll probably do some reflecting the car around a lot of stuff you said and um, your, your message is extremely powerful um, and I'm looking forward to ha- you know, having you in my corner for the for yeah, this journey, man. Yeah, yeah. For a sauna. Yeah, well, mate, I, I want to try and challenge you to the ice bath. I want to see how far you can go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me, me and my new mates have got a bit of a thing going at the moment. You jump in the shower first thing in the morning. Yeah. And you've got to have your head under the water and your whole body submerged for as long as you can. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of getting me at the moment around a minute mark. I'm sort of hitting the 40 seconds. But it, it's different to the ice bath. Yeah. It makes your head feel like it's in a bit of a vice. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good challenge because everyone else doesn't want to do it because it's hard. So we want to keep yeah. doing it because it is hard. Yeah. And when you get out, though, it sets your day up. Last month, I ice bath every day. Mm. How long? Like a month. How long would you stay in for? Six minutes. Yep. Yeah, it's optimal. What temperature? I stayed in longer, three degrees. Yeah. Oof. Like I'm talking like there's bricks of ice, mm. proper bricks of ice, like on either side and then on the way in. It's challenging, mate. Next that, level. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Next level. It's generally like I love bypassing that negative voice mm-hmm. because, you know, it's a subtle fear, but on the other side of fear is a divine experience. So. 100%. And you know, what, you know what the greatest thing is too is that well, I've got the timer there, but it's just me against me. I can get out after 10 seconds and say I did, but I'd set, yeah. set that in my mind that I'm going to go for three minutes or I'm going to go for six. You do it, you say it, so you've got to do it. You know what I mean? 
But what about the pain though? It's a great analogy for life because you know, like I know I'm going to experience pain when I jump in, mm. but I breathe through it. Yep. And on the other side of that pain, it's just a it's bliss. Huge freedom. It's um, it's so rewarding to hop out and know that you've achieved something that's really hard. It's life in a nutshell. It is exactly right. Summed up in like five or six minutes. In ice. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool, man. All right, well, let's wrap this one up, Brownie. Rock and roll. Get down to the coffee shop, Lord. The Lord's Coffee Shop, mate. He's, he's got the skills to pay the bills. He's the man to beat on the street, they say. <laughs> Great to see you, mate. Thanks so much. Todd Ennis from Trials to Triumph. We hope you've enjoyed this yarn and got something out of it to mull over. We think you're a star. So give us five. <laughs> <laughs> or a high five. Yeah. Wherever you listen. I love it. I love it.